0: surprise and delight your clients in our new remote working world well let's face it now that we're not being able to connect face to face the customer journey can feel a little less personalized but there are ways to elevate it to a five-star experience so how do you do that well, today in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, I'll be interviewing a customer experience expert who will be telling us just how to do that. But you know the drill. If you want to learn everything she has to say, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. Today, we're going to be talking about the customer experience, the ultra-luxurious customer experience and the customer journey, and how to really elevate that in your business, whether you're in the corporate world, a, a big company, or a sole proprietor these ideas apply to you. So before I get started, I just want to reiterate that we are on iTunes. Go ahead, subscribe, rate us, review, it, if you will, and uh, join us on Facebook Live every Thursday at 1130. We're always here with a new episode. Remember, Waste Up Wardrobe is a series of episodes that help you up-level your work in the virtual world and up-level your workplace in the virtual world. Because now many of us are working from home. We have home offices. And to be honest, that's not going away anytime soon. So also, I want to mention thank you to Rick Moscozo, my producer, who's always here in the green room, making everything in the show work just right. So let me just take a few moments to introduce our real special expert today. Carrie Bodine. Carrie Bodine is the co-author of Outside In, The Power of Putting Customers at the Center of Your Business, and the CEO of Bodine and Company, a customer experience consulting firm. Her ideas, analysis, and expert opinions have appeared on sites like The Wall Street Journal, the Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Forbes, USA Today, and Advertising Age. She holds a master's degree in human-computer interaction and has devoted her career to helping organizations think and work in more customer-centric ways. We are very thrilled to have her here on the Waste Up of Show. I mean, her her resume is astoundingly amazing. So let's uh, please help me welcome Ker- uh, Carrie Bodine to the show. Hi, Carrie. How are you today?
1: We 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 can't hear you. So <laughs> I was on mute because I was trying to keep the noise down before we popped on. So, oh, that is uh, just, I think, completely typical of the customer experience from the virtual world. We can't hear you. Oh, I'm on mute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's technology for you. And these are the kind of things actually that gave birth to Waste Up Wardrobe is that technology can sometimes, you know, fail us or we're human, so we make human error and that's just how it is. And I think people are getting more and more used to um, working in this virtual world. And that's what the whole point of the show is. But I want to get d- dive deep into the customer journey that you are so skilled at, that you have so many great nuggets for us and our audience to take away. So right. let's get started. But before we do, I do this thing with my guest that is called the 60 seconds to know you, because we want to know a little bit about who you are right. and what makes you tick. Okay.
1: Awesome. All right. Cats or dogs? Cats. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I don't have any cats because I'm highly allergic. And I didn't know this. I had cats for like 15 years and then the last one died. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to take allergy pills every day. (laughs) So it's kind of sad, but I do love cats. So I I now just have to watch them on
0: Facebook. Well, obviously, you love cats because you you would stood allergies for them. So that's awesome. Okay hiking or running?
1: Oh, hate running. I am a huge (laughs) hiker, huge hiker. I love it. It's one of the reasons I love living in the San Francisco Bay area. There's such good hiking all year round here. So I feel very, that's
0: that's awesome. I love hiking too, because honestly, I think it gives you this sort of the tie in with nature. It really is such a spiritual type of exercise. Yeah, We need it. We need it.
1: especially when we were cooped up in our houses as much as we have been. Yeah. Okay. Here's another question. San Francisco or New York? Oh, San Francisco. Come on. I, I've lived here for 12 years. I lived in the Bay Area for about 18 years in total. Um, New York's, I mean, nothing replaces or, or you know, excels in the way that New York does in so many ways. But um, yeah, San Francisco is my, my baby.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll agree that they're different. I have a little nugget to share. I was born in San Francisco. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I always think of you as a, a SoCal girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. Uh, but I have a love for San Francisco as well. Um, one last question. Mm-hmm. Customer service or product quality?
1: I mean, this is tough because, you know, I'm all about the customer experience and customer service is, is absolutely a part of that. Um, but here's the thing is if you don't have quality in the core product or service that you're delivering, it doesn't matter what kind of experience you're wrapping around it. Um, there is actually a framework from uh, the the world of customer experience. And some people think of it as a, a triangle, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where at the bottom is the value, the, the usefulness of a product or service. And, and if you don't have that the rest of the experience really doesn't matter. On top of that, you've got the ease of use, so, so it's useful, usable, um, because you you don't wanna have to like jump through 25 hoops in order to get that value that you're paying for. And at the top of the pyramid, it's about emotional connection. So useful, usable, enjoyable. Um, and so of course you really wanna connect emotionally with your customers as well. So um, I, I would have, have to say at the bottom of that, yeah, you've got to focus on having a really killer and functional product or or service before you can think about anything else.
0: Oh, I totally agree. In fact, I've been asked that question before, and I really believe that it's both. You have to have both. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a, a product that is amazing, but then you really are Terrible at customer service. People are not going to even want to explore the product. That's just been my personal experience. Mm -hmm. But but you know that it's very interesting because I wanted to pose that question to you because I was so curious because that was posed to me once in the past and I thought I don't know. I feel like it's both, which I think you kind of reiterated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So Elaine Elaine is here with us, and she's saying hello, ladies. Thank you for joining us, Elaine. And stick around, because Carrie has a really special multiple offers at the end of the show that she's going to be offering to our uh, viewers and anybody who listens to the replay. So please, please, um, by the end of the day, of course, but please stick around. Okay, so... My first question really is sort of the foundation, Carrie. In this virtual setting, I just want to ask you, do you think it's harder to ensure quality customer care or what What do you think about that?
1: I think it's just different. Um, you know, we've had so many uh, companies in every single industry. Uh, you know, large, the largest companies on the planet, and also solopreneurs who um, have just had to adapt um, to finding new ways to interact with their customers. And so, um, yes, it's it's different, especially if um, you're you're used to having in person interactions with your customers. Um, and and sure, something that's different can be hard to get used to. You've got to maybe put a new process into place or maybe define new standards uh, for the type of interactions or experience you want to be providing. But I would say overall, it's really not any harder. It's just, it's like learning a new, a new habit um, or, um, you know, learning a new skill of some sort. So, so, you know, it's, it it has been challenging. I will tell you that for a lot of organizations, and um, you know, I, I I won't discount that. Um, but yeah, well, you know, you
0: you uh, you make a lot of really good points. I mean, it is different, and but as entrepreneur and business owners and company leaders, we it's one of our success skills to constantly be learning and adapting. Adapting is such an important piece of being able to be part of an organization, a leader or even, you know, um even part of a team and being an entrepreneur, of course. So that is so important for us to be able to adapt and and pivoting or changing the way you do things in the virtual world versus a traditional working world is definitely something that
1: tried our adaptability quotient i i think that word adaptability is so important um you know at the at the beginning of the pandemic i had most of my business in person i was going around and doing workshops in person with organizations speaking at events in person and all of that business went away in the matter a matter of like 48 hours um, which was incredibly frightening um but i adapted and one of the things that i did was um so i teach these online courses around customer journey mapping said, you know what, I'm going to figure out how to do this online. And um, I think this is one of the things, again, just saying it, it, it's different, you know, in some ways, it's easier to teach a course online, because I don't have to fly to Chicago or New York or Miami to do it, I can sit in, in my home and, um, you know, wear sweatpants under the desk and, and be a lot more comfortable. And yet, it is, so, so that part's easier, but it's also more challenging to engage people online. And I, I feel like sometimes when I'm speaking or teaching a course or uh, you know, talking with a client through Zoom, I almost have to be a little more animated and a little bit more um, you know, just engaged, which of course takes more energy. And so again, it's like some things are easier, some things are more difficult, but um, it's, it's just different. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Elaine is saying that just back to the previous comment you made was that she never thought of it in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs when oh. you describe the pyramid. So um, it's real. I love that. It's so insightful. So thank you for for do for you know saying that. So you know what I've realized is that the just from what you're saying and just my experience during this past year is that the virtual world. Um, you really forced companies and leaders to think creatively in their businesses. Right. And, um, and it kind of forced us to be outside of the box. And that in and of itself was a way to serve the customer. Don't you think? Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that, um, you know, almost the flip side of like, Oh, this is, this is harder to serve our customers in some ways. I think I I saw so much creativity Mm -hmm. in terms of, new ways that organizations were reaching out and not only engaging customers in new ways but actually expanding their customer base um, so one of my favorite experiences from the pandemic um, and by the way as I've mentioned I live in San Francisco I don't know if you can hear there's some truck backing up outside um, so bear with me uh, you may as a feature get to hear a little trolley car um, bell later so please please excuse some of the background um, noise. At least there's no jackhammering today, which is, which is a bonus. Um, but one of my favorite experiences um, throughout the pandemic was doing um, virtual wine tastings, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, um, you know, living very close to Napa and Sonoma here in San Francisco, um, you know, we used to go up to Napa all the time. And that just got that industry completely shut down. And so a lot of those organizations started doing virtual tastings. But one of my very favorite things is that I have a friend who grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and he had this favorite cheese shop there. Um, And I'll just do a little shout out to them. It's Fromage and Nation. And they are still doing these uh, cheese classes online. And it's so great because, you know, prior to the pandemic, maybe they were shipping cheese to, you know, a a few customers around the country, maybe who, you know, were, you know, fans of theirs. Um, But because of these classes, they gained an entirely new customer base. Um, and, And these classes are so great because they'll send you the cheese and tell you like, hey, you could pair it with this type of wine or this type of beer or this type of, um, you know, cider or whatever it is. And then um, you get on a, a Zoom call and it's people from all over the country. Um, they even like called out, hey, we've got people from 13 states on here today. And, and then they teach a virtual class. And so it, it really combines um, the, the virtual world and the physical world because you're there eating the same cheese that everyone else is, um, at, you know, from around the world and the cheese that they're talking about. And for me, again, I think it's just a really creative way to say, what's our core business and how can we extend that in the pandemic? And here's the beautiful thing is that I I totally agree with you, Christine. I don't think that uh, the the virtual world is going to go away. There are certainly a lot of companies, big companies here in San Francisco, like Twitter, um, that have said, you know, working from home, is optional from here on out, like for the rest of the company history, no one has to come in. So, um, and I I think that we've realized, uh, you know, having the ability to have a a cheese course, um, you know, and learn about cheese or whatever it is. Um, I've I've talked to friends who have done classes with people in Morocco and and all kinds of things. It really expands. Spans not only your offering, but but your customer base. So yes. these things are here to stay. So the things that you innovate, that you get creative about now in terms of serving your customers, these are just ongoing revenue streams that I think are gonna stick around for a while. So it's not just this like blocking and tackling for the pandemic. It's it's really here to stay.
0: 100%, I feel as though um, it even has opened up more opportunities for people for businesses right so your friend in wisconsin um, and let's mention their name again their company name so we could put it in the in the comments here. it's not
1: my friend's cheese shop it's just his favorite cheese shop and okay. it is it's fromage and nation fromage um, nation yep yeah yep.
0: so um you know he would they would have otherwise had access if that, was it wasn't for the virtual setting, right? Okay. So I think this has opened up so many opportunities. It's not, mm-hmm. I, I look at it more as um, instead of a burden, right? It, it was more of an opportunity. And Elaine is saying, I offered a starter kit and then uh, streamed a candle making class. Customers really liked it. She makes candles, really exquisite candles. Mm-hmm. And um, they, um, that is a That's brilliant perfect. idea. Brilliant. Yeah. That's and. perfect. And that is as entrepreneurs and business owners and company leaders, that's what we have to be thinking about. How do we surprise and delight the
1: client now that they, they could be anywhere in the world? Mm-hmm. How can we no. reach more people? Yeah, for my, for my journey mapping uh, boot camps, I have now had people join me from India, from Europe, from South Africa. You know, these are customers that I never would have been able to reach out to or engage with if I was holding a physical workshop in, or boot camp in, in Chicago or wherever, you know, so it, it really is an opportunity for sure. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so now that you mentioned journey mapping, I have to ask, mm-hmm. tell us about the customer journey mapping that is your proprietary process, uh, if I'm saying that correctly, that you do with the client?
1: Yep. So, I mean, lots of different organizations do journey mapping. I certainly do have my own proprietary way of of doing it. Um, But the customer journey, I believe, is the most fundamental framework that organizations of any size really need to master in order to be great, uh, to be excellent at customer experience. And I think a lot of, um, there's kind of a lot of miss information out there about what the journey is. Um, and a lot of people think about the journey as just kind of the, the purchase journey, the purchase funnel, the sales funnel. Um, some organizations tend to equate the customer journey with the customer lifecycle. Um, and, you know, kind of that never ending um, advocacy that, that a customer is in with an organization. But here's the thing. No customer wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I'd really love to be an advocate for XYZ company today. Like that is not a goal that any customer has. And so the the framework of the customer journey, when you really start to apply it effectively, it's all about understanding what goal, what task is your customer trying to accomplish? They want to learn how to make their own candles or they want to purchase uh, a new car, or they want to close, uh, um, you know, uh, purchase their house, um, that's, a, that's a journey I'm going through right now, which is um, a complete mess. Um, but, um, you know, your customers are trying to do something. And again, it's not just about the purchase journey or that buying journey. It's also journeys that happen or goals that your customers have after they have purchased from you. So they want to get set up with your product or service. Um, You know, if you think about um, uh, doing a business with uh, a company like Comcast or Verizon, you know, you don't just instantly get access access to the service. You say, I'd like to start the service. And then there's some period of time where uh, that that elapses um, until you actually get everything turned on and and set up. So we typically talk about that as the onboarding journey. Mm -hmm. Then there's a journey where your customer is actually using your products and services. So for you, it'd be um, the actual journey of being styled um, or being in the the middle of that actual service experience. There's also fixed journeys. So this is where customers have an issue. It could be an issue with the product or service itself and, and their goal is essentially to get that resolved. It could be something like a billing issue where, you know, I I need to, I have a problem or I have a question and my goal is to get this resolved or answered. Yeah. And there's also, sorry, there's one more really important journey um, to focus on. And this is a journey that I don't think many companies focus on nearly enough and it's the leaving journey. So it is possible, Mm -hmm. excuse me, I have to sneeze. Speaking of allergies, (laughs) um, it is possible and probable that at some point your customers will want to leave you. They, they decide, you know what, I no longer want to receive your newsletter or I don't want to do business with you anymore. Um, and for some organizations, you know, maybe you're kind of, you know, you, you do, um, one candle class and then, you know, you're not actively, a customer may not actively be leaving after that. Um, but maybe they're not going to sign up again. Um, hopefully they are. Um, but you know, with a company like Comcast, or again, Verizon, there is absolutely a point where a customer says, I do not want to be a customer of yours anymore. And a lot of organizations make that journey incredibly difficult. So whether again, it's a customer saying, I don't want to be your customer anymore, or I just don't want to get your newsletter as often, you've got to make sure that when people pull back, that you still make that a good experience for them.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So it's so interesting. One of the the fixed journey that you were talking about. See, I have a philosophy and that is that you know the quality of a of a business and the quality of a company by how they work with you when you have a problem. Mhm. True. So if somebody, you know, what, what, you know, when you're, when you're trying to engage a client or really sell them on your service or pitch them, that's like the happy, that's like the, the honeymoon, right? You're really excited about them. You're really wanting to engage them. And then they get in, and then they're engaged in the process. And then somewhere down the line, sometimes something happens that is out of anybody's control, not because you were mm-hmm. negligent or, or didn't do your work. Properly, things happen. Something, yeah, things happen. Maybe your work delivery is depend on somebody else's. But how you handle that is everything to me. Mm-hmm. So what Absolutely. do you think about
1: that? Absolutely. Um, You know, it's it's such an opportunity to um, just exhibit empathy for that person. And that's really, you know, that's what everyone wants. Everyone, you know, when they have a problem, um, you know, when they have a question, they want to feel heard, they want to be seen. Um, And and of course, they want that to be resolved. But, you know, there was a time when um, you would call into a a contact center um, and speak to a customer service representative, and they were all given these scripts and it would basically be the, the beginning of it would be i'm so sorry to hear about your problem and it just felt so robotic and I, you know christine i don't know if you ever had any of those calls They've, the 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 contact centers um the people that manage them have really stopped that type of scripting because it came off as so false and so um just really the opposite of what they wanted. It came off as completely unempathetic because it was it was clearly just part of a script. And so really, at my, my best advice for whenever there is an issue um, that your customer might have that you're trying to get resolved is to, um, first of all, just listen and just pause and soak everything in. It might be really hard to hear it. It might be that you've done something wrong or someone on your team is screwed up and really just listen um don't get defensive just soak it all in and then really just try to empathize and just be human with that person um and and you know don't don't try and put on a corporate hat or um you know try and make something more formal than it needs to be just be human that's all anyone wants authenticity. It's all about being authentic. I mean, we've all
0: in the business world uh, have talked about this to death, really the authenticity piece. So that really is what it comes down to. But also, yeah, also is that ability to communicate. There's so many things really that help entrepreneurs, leaders be really successful. And one of them is the adaptability quotient that we talked about, but also Mm -hmm. the ability to communicate and part of communication is listening. So you hit it nail on the head. And I, I I love how you really simplified that. Um, and the humility to listen without feeling like it's personal, right? You're, you're really, it's about the client. The mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. journey is about the client. It's not, yes. right? Yes.
1: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Your job is to support the client in meeting their goal, achieving their goal. And sometimes that goal might just be voicing a complaint. Sometimes it might be getting an issue resolved or a question answered. Um, And so by listening, you can start to figure out what is their goal. Um, And and if you don't know, um, you know, you, you can even ask them, you know, ask them, you know, what, you know what would make a, a good outcome? Like, what are, what are you really hoping to achieve? I want to make sure that I can do whatever that I can. And and sometimes, you know, I've been in a position where, um, you know, I can kind of suss out what is is being requested, kind of implicitly, and um, and I can make an offer. Um, and sometimes it's not clear, and it's okay. Again, to just be human and say, hey, you know, I I really I really want to make this right for you. Do you have something specific in mind that, you know, that would make this right? Yeah. What is the
0: outcome that you would like to see happen? What is the outcome that would make you feel... Fulfilled in this process. I think that's a great question to pose. And Elaine was referring back to, uh, you know, the 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 customer journeys. And she said about that, the leaving part, the leaving journey. And she's saying you have to really make it um, don't make it difficult because that can really affect your reputation.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about um uh well, I, I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, um Comcast uh went viral uh because there was a guy who recorded a 45-minute phone conversation uh where he was trying to cancel his service and this guy on the other end of the phone was following a script and he was gold. Um you know, internally, he had an incentive to keep this customer as a customer and um, um, and he posted it and yeah it it took off and and Comcast really suffered and and Comcast suffered from a lot of issues they have now Oh my gosh, they are so impressive to me. Um, And and it may not come across in every single interaction and everyone's gonna have a slightly different experience, but believe me, they have spent millions and millions of dollars to understand what customers' pain points are and to improve um, different journeys. And they actually have six different, what they call, I think they call them their master journeys that they focus on. And one is that, that purchased onboarding essentially getting my service. There's fixing an issue. And one of the key journeys that they focus on is that leave journey because Mm -hmm. they know that the experience that someone has when they're leaving has a big impact on their reputation. I like to think of this actually as like a romantic breakup. And so if you think about... You know, when two, when two people are parting ways, um, you know, what is said between them and what goes on, who throws whose stuff out on the lawn, um, that all has a huge impact on whether or not those two parties are going to say good things or bad things to their friends and family members about the other person, whether those two people are willing to talk again in the future, or maybe if they're even willing to get back together in the future. And so you've got to think of it just as a romantic breakup. You know, how do you you want that relationship to end? And what do you want that person to be thinking and feeling about the relationship and about you later on? That's so such a great way to think about it. What a great metaphor, because it is a
0: relationship between the client and the service provider. It's a relationship and you have to handle it. In the same way that you handle a really important relationship. So I, I, I that is a really great analogy. And now you may have outlined this a little bit earlier in the, in our conversation. But what do you find is the biggest challenge organizations face when trying to deliver that great experience? If there's like that one biggest challenge, what would you say that is?
1: The biggest challenge is absolutely silos. Um, So uh, certainly in the large organizations that I work with every day, you know, they've got a marketing department, they've got a sales department, they've got a digital department, they've got finance and operations and legal. And each of these departments is tasked with certain goals, and they are incentivized in different ways. And so it It can be hard for them to communicate across Mm. each other. And this is often where gaps in the customer experience become visible to the customers. So if there's a gap in the communication between let's say sales and then a team that's responsible for delivering a service, if there's a gap in communication or a gap in process there from the time that a customer purchases a service and then actually gets up and running with it, there might be a lag time where they have to wait or where there might not be any communication at all, because sales is like, well, it's now someone else's responsibility and someone else is like, well, sales should be, uh, you know, talking to them about, you know, what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of these different departments that don't communicate well, that don't collaborate well, um, you know, that to me is the biggest challenge. But you know, you know, this is not just an issue that is true for large companies. Even if you are a solopreneur, I have, um, my, my business right now has had different numbers of employees at at different times. Right now it is just me. And my, my husband also works for me, um, behind the scenes and and sometimes with clients as well. Um, but you know, even for a business of my size, um, we've got to have different, um, they're not, they're not departments, but I work with a lot of different um, support people in different ways, and each of them has a different role, a different task. So, yeah, you know, I, I always joke. You know, I don't want my web designer filing my corporate taxes, and I don't want my CPA designing my website. Right. So, you know, even if you're a solopreneur, um, you know, you've got to think about what are all the different pieces, um, all the different partners that go into delivering my service or communicating my products and services. And how do I get all of those various pieces um, communicating and and collaborating and, and just gelling the best that they possibly can?
0: It's about teamwork. It's about Absolutely. really being a team and not looking at your department in a vacuum. It's, the, the, it's, all, it's, uh, it's sort of like the handing of the baton, so to speak, right? You want to almost make that connection between your department and the department that takes over next and keeping everybody informed. So again, I feel like this theme of communication is so key because- Absolutely. Being on a team or being, you know, having the silos at, at, or the departments, the only way to be able to to do it right is to be able to communicate and know what the other person did and where they've accomplished and where they've met the client on the client journey and what's the next step. They have to be informed. So that is, uh, that really is interesting that that is one of the biggest challenges because it boils down to the basic relationship um, ingredient of communication.
1: And this is where I think the framework of the customer journey comes in and is so effective because you know most uh, people in an organization they're just focused on what they're trying to do. I'm you know I'm responsible for answering customers' questions, or I'm responsible for updating the content on the website, or I'm responsible for creating these forms that customers have to fill out. Whatever it is, and when you can think about the customer. Customer journey, you realize that the customer is crossing all of these channels, they're, um, you know, going to the website and then calling up and, and, you know, their, their goals are not pigeonholed into just your little part of the organization or what you're responsible for. And so the framework of the customer journey, when you actually create a journey map, that visualizes what the customer is doing and thinking and feeling at each, step of the way, each interaction, it's an amazing tool for people behind the scenes to really start to realize how they are all interconnected and how they have to work together in order to deliver that experience and that journey that's really going to support the customer. And yeah. I often like to use when I'm when I'm teaching a boot camp or delivering a speech, I've got this diagram that I use and um, I introduce it as um, it looks kind of like a mountain range and it's got ups and downs on it. And I'm like, you know, you can think about the customer kind of walking along the ridgeline of uh, a mountain range and they're going up and those are the good parts of the experience and then it goes down and those are the bad parts of the experience. So you've got kind of this visual of the the mountain range and then I say but it's not really a mountain range in fact it's just the tip of the iceberg and then I I bring in the rest of the diagram and it's just massive in terms of everything that goes on behind the scenes, in terms of policies and technology and data and, you know, the culture that you're trying to create in your organization and incentives and hiring. And it's everything that you do. I think this is a really important message. Everything that you do internally, whether your customer sees it or not, is going to influence the customer experience. Every single person that you work with um, in your organization or partners that you work with, they influence the customer experience. And so I think it's a really empowering message that, you know, even if someone's working behind the scenes in finance, you know, whatever it is, they are still part of that entire iceberg, that entire puzzle. Um, And You know, as part of that, coming back to communication, they've all got to come together and realize how they have to work together, work better in service of the customer. I just had this
0: thought that it's almost like having um, a car, right? And every part of the car has to function so that the whole big mechanism works. If one of the, you know, if your pistons aren't working or if your engine isn't working, right, optimally, efficiently, then you're not going to get that efficient work output. So it's yeah. sort of like that.
1: It's not just, you know, the comfort of the seats or, you know, kind of how flashy the dashboard is or the, the sunroof or whatever, you know, like those are all the, the things that a customer might care about. But ultimately, yeah, you've got to have that functioning engine um, or, you know, you're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter how comfy the seats are if you're sitting in your driveway. Yeah.
0: So how does a company carry uh, ensure that you know if the leaders and the owners of the company you know they are maybe more invested in the company how do you get your employees to be invested in this outstanding customer journey
1: well, I am a huge proponent of co-creation. Um, so yeah. whenever I am working with an organization, um, I'm not like a typical management consultant. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, management consultants that do customer experience work and, you know, they get their brick, and they come back and, and hand over on a silver platter like here's a journey map or here's a strategy for your customer experience or here's whatever from my perspective the employees need to have a say in building that. Mm. Um, So whether they are, um, you know, frontline, taking calls from customers, whether they're behind the scenes, they need to be involved in discovering what the customer pain points are. And then also coming up with the solutions. What are the new ways that we want to work? What new processes, what new communications do we want to build? Because people support what they help to build what they help Mm. to create and so you know having something that the ceo just says here's a new way that we're doing something or you know someone on the executive team or you know whoever it is and and kind of shoving that down and forcing it on the organization is never as successful as having it having the support from the top to say yes the rest of you define this, but then actually having people who are responsible for delivering the service involved in designing it. Absolutely. It
0: makes the employees feel important that their opinion matters, that they are helping building something bigger than them. It's not just a service that you're offering, but you're offering an experience and you're offering uh, peace of mind, mm-hmm. depending on what service you're in, right. To mm-hmm. your customers. So I, I I, I think that's such a brilliant way to explain it, um, and um, I, I, it's so exciting to have you on the show because this is so important for any scale and any size of business, and um, your customer journey maps, I, I just get so inspired by just when you talk about them. They are very inspiring because it forces you as a business owner to think about that as a priority, the customer journey is important. I can't tell you how many times like I've been, you know, engaged to I've hired somebody and, you know, I accepted their contract and I paid them the deposit. And then time goes by and I don't know what's next. So it's, it's, it's like, OK, don't communicate with me. Tell me what's next. Tell me what to do because I hired you because I need you to tell me what to do and hold my hand through this. So do you have an opinion about that?
1: Oh my gosh. Whenever I am working with a client to map their journey, I say, Look at look out for places have your have your antenna up for places where your customer is waiting, because, you know, when when you're mapping a journey, you kind of want to pretend that you're watching a movie of your customer. You know, what are they doing? Um, How are they interacting with us? How are they interacting with other organizations or competitors or friends or family or whatever? Um, But there are actions that are a little bit invisible um, and waiting is one of those uh, there are, I would say, it, most of the journeys that I end up examining uh, with my clients, there is some waiting somewhere in there. And waiting doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It can be exciting to wait. If you think about waiting for your birthday or waiting for a big holiday, it's exciting. There, there's buildup. But when you're waiting and you have no idea what's going on and you feel like, like do they even remember that I gave them? of money, you know, four weeks ago, you know, (laughs) then it becomes really disconcerting. Um, There's something that Minnie Cooper did years ago. I'm not sure if they still do this or not, um, but when you bought a Mini Cooper, you were buying like your Mini Cooper online. You were saying, I want like a checkerboard top and I want green doors and I want this in the interior. And so all of their cars were were custom made. And so you wouldn't just like, you know, go pick it out of the lot or, you know, have it delivered the next day. There was a significant amount of waiting time. And Mini Cooper did all of these things. Um, my, my favorite was They would mail you this um, folded up piece of paper, but when you unfolded it, it was really large and it was designed to fit on the floor of your garage, and it basically said something like Mini Cooper coming, coming soon, or you know this is the future home of, of a Mini Cooper, um, or you know, and so it was this really nice thing that um, they had this tangible artifact that they could see. Whether or not people really put it on the floor of their garage, I don't know, but um, if they did, it was this really nice reminder every day that like, yep, they're thinking about me. Yup, this is coming, um, and I-, I just thought. That That was absolutely brilliant. So, if you have some kind of service that you're offering where there is a gap, and it might be a gap at the beginning, um, start of your your service, or it might be something that's just inherent in, you know, the, the service later on, um, like, you know, getting a home loan, you know, there's just gaps in the process where you don't hear from people. Um, and you don't know what's going on. Just again, over communicate, this is what you can expect. So you're gonna, you're gonna fill out these forms, and then we're gonna go away for about three or four days, you're not going to hear from us, but we're working on it. And then we're going to come back to you and schedule time next week, you know, what whatever that looks like, but just communicate. And let people know what to expect. As that, a, that calms all of the nerves when it comes to that waiting anxiety.
0: Exactly. I mean, as a consumer and a customer, uh, just from that perspective, I always think, you know, if I'm going to be waiting, like, I want to know what's next. I just want to know what what's going to happen when. I don't need to ha- it to happen right now. I just yeah. need to ha- know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, and that's what takes away the anxiety. But I love the Mini Cooper example because that tangible deliverable that they send that reminds the customer that we haven't forgotten about you, your, your, your masterpiece is being created, And we just want you to be waiting, uh, waiting with happiness, right? With that anticipation. And that's, um, that's really cool. I think every business can build that into their, into their model. I
1: agree. People love to get that stuff. And I think, honestly, it's a little bit easier for small businesses to do that, um, really, with kind of that nice, really personal touch, whether it's like, mm-hmm. you know, sending uh, a copy of a book. Um, it doesn't even have to be a book that you've written, but a book that like really inspired you or sending something that is on brand and that is... Um, uh, there's some connection to what your product or service is all about. Um, I, I honestly think like, I don't know, if you're signing up for insurance with, with, I don't know, Geico or whoever, like it would be a lot harder, I think, for them to be able to deliver that. But for small um, businesses and uh, and startups, I think that's a, a really great opportunity. Yeah. Um, but my biggest pet peeve is logo swag do not send me any logo swag um i get so upset or at least i used to when i would go to conferences and there's just all of this crap you know from like mugs to yo-yos to like pens to like everything with a company's logo on it and it's like guess what I don't want your logo crap like like it's it's not high quality because if it was high quality, you wouldn't have purchased a thousand of them, you know, with no idea about who you were going to give them to. And, you know, then it becomes, you know, if if a company sends me something like that, then it's like, oh, well, thank you. Now I have the responsibility and I have the guilt of putting this into the landfill because I don't want to wear a t-shirt or whatever it is, you know, with your logo across it. So no logo gear, Make make it something that is really personal, really, really connected to your brand and your business or what you think your customers might be needing or expecting from you. A hundred
0: percent. I really, it's very, it's a very thoughtful process. When you give the client a gift, you want to give them something they want. It's kind of like when you're gifting somebody something, don't gift them what you would want. (laughs) Give them what they would want, right? Don't give them your logo, you know, (laughs) give them something that they're going to want to use or something really practical and useful. Because I do think that when you have logoed pens at a conference, it is very useful because sometimes you run out of pens, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so there are exceptions. But I totally agree. I can't tell you the number of tumblers and mugs and T-shirts that I've gotten that I'm like, oh, what do I do with these? Like, yeah. what do I do with these? <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's, uh, it's, it's true. It's definitely true.
1: I've also seen this starting to happen just in the sales outreach process. I had someone, um, gosh, this was sometime last year, and they sent me an email. They wanted, they wanted just to have an introduction. And they were like, we want to send you an X and I, and, and, you know, and we hope that you love it. And then, you know, maybe we can talk. And I was like, thank you so much, but please do not send me the X. I don't even remember what it was. I'm like, I said, I'm trying to reduce my footprint. Um, you know, my, my, carbon footprint here on the planet. And I I don't want you to send me something. And then they replied and they said, well, how about if we made a donation to your university or something like that? And I was like, wow, like they actually took the time to like, I mean, not that it's that hard to go look at someone's LinkedIn profile and see where they went to school. But like that to me was incredibly thoughtful um, that they would say, you know, here's something that That, again, is like building on that empathy, trying to develop empathy, um, putting yourself in the shoes, in the mindset uh, of whoever your customer or your future customer uh, is. 100 percent. I love that example. What a great way. I'm always thinking about
0: ways to enhance the customer experience with deliverables that can be useful or meaningful. But here's a thought. Trying to go at it from a digital perspective, like this was a donation. It wasn't anything physical that somebody yeah. had to store. Yeah. Um uh, it is a donation. I'll buy you a tree in this country or you know, plant a tree for yeah. in your name or something like that. What a great thought or idea um, to 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 still give the client this luxury you know gift but it's something that has a ripple effect i mean yes. i think i think we're onto something here i think this is something that every company should be thinking about so so it. yeah i love it so well, tell oh, go ahead no I, I wanted to learn a little bit about your course because i oh. only have one coming up so can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that mhm
1: Yes, so uh, it is uh, a course all about journey mapping. Um, so it is based on my signature two-day uh, journey mapping boot camp that I used to run um, for for two consecutive days in person in some lovely city um, around the U.S. Um, but now it is virtual. And to kind of um, uh, bring down the burden of doing a, a full day and then another full day in a remote environment, which, you know, is just it's more taxing in a remote environment. And also, you know, people have all kinds of other things going on, like remote learning and, and things like that. Um, and so it's too, half days one week and then another two half days the following week and so that's the format of it it's all in Zoom and free um, online collaboration tools and we talk about the customer journey um, you understand why it's important how you can use it in the in your organization and then we walk through the process that you go through to create a customer journey and this is where you, know, you talked about my proprietary process it's certainly based on processes that are used throughout the industry um, but it's got my special sauce in it. And um, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's the same process that I use on my big client consulting projects. Um, And so um, it's, it's someone has actually described it in the past as an MBA on steroids. Um, because We're talking about the customer journey, but it's not just about surprising and delighting the customer. It's about improving the customer experience in places that really matter. Places that matter the most to your customers and that are also going to drive significant business uh, uh, outcomes that you're interested in, like increasing your revenue or decreasing your cost to serve. Um, And so that's why it's the MBA on steroids is because it's really about how do you put the customer at the center of your processes and your decision making. Customer centric. That's
0: your that is your philosophy. So, Kristen Levine just joined us, and she is going to be watching and catching the episode on the replay. But um, stick around, Kristen. Uh, we have uh, Car- uh, Carrie here has something really special to offer, and with the hashtag, uh, nurture and shine, uh, we will just put that in the comment box because Carrie's going to tell us what she's offering us today, which is very generous, by the way. Very appreciative.
1: So um, my next boot camp is coming up. It is the first two weeks of May, so very soon. And I am offering anyone who is listening to this today uh, a two hundred dollar discount on that boot camp, and that is going to be valid um, through the end of day tomorrow. So you got to act quick if you want to take advantage of it. Um, but it's uh, it's it's really the biggest discount that I offer on this. Um, And so, um, yeah, I want to make sure that especially for uh, folks who have smaller businesses or might be solopreneurs that, um, you know, you have an opportunity to participate in this. Yeah. And the template,
0: you're also offering a, a really special template that is part of your journey mapping.
1: Yes I have a free journey mapping template that you can download um, so that is absolutely free. Um, you do have to sign up for my newsletter but you can always unsubscribe if you don't like it and I, I do not um, spam I, I honestly um, uh, really try to keep my newsletters to a, uh, a bare minimum there. Uh, so uh, you won't you won't get too much mail from me I promise.
0: Well you you live what you preach so that's good <laughs> as a business you know the, 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 that okay. spamming is a whole other conversation. But um, I really appreciate that. Thank you for for the gifts that you're offering, for the template, for this opportunity to be part of your course at this at this rate. Thank you so much for offering and this. Have, but
1: go ahead. I have one more offer. One more offer. Oh, do you do? And- yes. I do. So in addition to my live journey mapping boot camp that's coming up in May, I also have a uh, an online course that really takes you through um, not only that journey mapping work, but also really just a broader approach to understanding how to create experiences that are going to benefit not only your customers, but your business. And so it, it's kind of a, a higher level um, course. Uh, it does certain talk about the journey because I believe it is so important Um, and the other thing that you should know about this course is that Christine styled me for it (laughs) and um, she did a fabulous job on that Um, and so um, I I also am offering a $200 discount on that course Um, and that is again good through the end of day tomorrow and this is, uh, if you sign up for this course um, you get access to it for an entire year and so um, it involves not only the videos that I go through all of the material, um, but you get real world homework assignments that really want you to do. And um, you know that, of course, takes some time. And that's why you've got a year to go through this course. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for that generosity. But before we wrap up, we do a Waste Up order Weekly wrap up. Tell us the main overarching takeaway that if people don't take anything away, what is the one thing they have to remember?
1: You have got to listen to your customers. Um, If you're not doing this already, please have um, create some sort of survey um, that you can send out to your customers. Um, And, you know, depending on the type of business that you've got, this might be a survey that you send out after you've delivered, um, say, a styling service or or something like that. Or it might be a survey that you send out to all your customers once a year. There's lots of different ways to approach this. Um, But the the main thing is you've got to go out and get your customer feedback. And so if you don't feel quite ready to you know, set up a survey, and there's, again, a lot of good free tools that you can use for that, this doesn't have to cost a lot of money, just pick up the phone and talk to one of your customers. Pick out a customer that you worked with recently, or maybe a customer you haven't heard from, from a, for a while, and just ask them what it was like. What, what were the highlights of working with you? What were the, um, the things that they would change? How can you improve their experience? But if you're not going out there and getting customer feedback, you're really flying blind when it comes to the customer experience. A hundred percent. So with that tip of calling
0: the customer and asking them what their feedback is, it's a a really great tip. And that tool of the template that you're offering the listeners, give us finally an action item, just one action item that we can do as business owners that is easy, that can be done immediately uh, to kind of spring us into action towards a better customer journey.
1: I'm going to go back to what I just said is call a customer today. Awesome. Everyone can do that today Um, or email them to set up time for next week, whatever it is, but set up time with at least one customer to get feedback. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be painful. You're going to hate it at first, but you are going to be so grateful that you got over that hump and that you picked up the phone or that you sent that email and that you really connected um, and and got that valuable feedback that's going to make you more successful, not only with that customer, but all of your future customers as well. A hundred percent. Thank you, Carrie.
0: You are amazing. You are a, you are a force, actually. I'm so yeah. thrilled that you came to Waste Up Wardrobe to share all this genius with us and to elevate this show. I, I so appreciate you. I, I know that when people listen to this replay, they're going to be blown away just because, you know, sometimes we think we don't think about it. Like the, some of the things that you're saying, we'll say, well, yeah, Of course you have to do that. But people knowing and doing are two different things. (laughs) So really having an expert tell you, tell you that um, that this is what you should do and how you should do it is so important. And just the 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 kinds of companies you've worked with, the level, the caliber and um, the experience you've had. Just gave us so much to chew on here. Emery Keen is here and, uh, she's talking about this being great advice. Remember hashtag nurture and shine. If you want that template, it is, um, it is gold. So, so put in hashtag nurture and shine. If you're listening to this replay, take up, take, uh, Carrie up on this opportunity and look into her courses because I don't think Carrie gives these kind of benefits a lot. So thank you for offering that to the, to our clients, to our audience, Carrie. That is and true. it was. Wonderful to see you here. And there you have it, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation. The wa- the Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap-up and all that goodness that you can go and put right into action to make and create a great customer experience for your clients, whether you're a small business or you're a big business. And remember, Waste Up Wardrobe is on iTunes. Subscribe, rate us, and review us. Uh, we're on Facebook Live every Thursday at 11.30, same place, same time. And you can find us on Instagram at Waste Up Wardrobe. And most, all of the, those those uh, social platform social media platforms. so check us out and we really appreciate your viewership and join us next week. same time next Thursday when we are going to be talking to a very special entrepreneur who was specializes in customer um, in in journeys and in creating these customized experiences to Italy. That is her niche. That is what she does. She creates these custom, journeys to Italy and only Italy, but you want to hear about how she pivoted when everything went virtual. It's going to be a show not to miss. It's so interesting and it'll be fun. So please join us and bring a friend.